0: Okay, so it's Real Sisters in Estate. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta say that before I make the introduction. Okay. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to Real Sisters in Estate with Trista Newton and Melissa Hunter. We hope you guys have had a great week. We know we've taken a little bit of time off, some crazy things going on, um, just personally, but we are looking forward to getting back into it and shooting the shit. So let's go for it. What are we talking about? today, Melissa?
1: Oh, my goodness. There's some good things coming down the pike and some really impactful uh, programs that have never been seen before in the history of the United States. Now, most of us don't realize this, but the state of California is actually a front leader for um, housing rights and, uh, you know, policies. And so, Right now, the big topic is generational wealth and how we recreate generational wealth in communities that have not had an opportunity to create generational wealth. Now, other states have not really come up with a program, but California, uh, being that we are a pioneer for this topic, um, has actually come out with a program that they'll be rolling out in spring of 2024. And Trista, um, do you know anything about that program? So
0: we are we talking about the um, 3.5% grant program that's coming out or the Zero Down Conventional, or is it something different?
1: California um, Dream for All.
0: Oh, the Dream for All. Let's yes. dive into that. So,
1: so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is going
0: to be, this is going to be an interesting one because last year they only allotted so many funds and they were gone within the first two weeks. And so they are implementing a few barriers to make it more attainable and really hone in on the truly um, beneficial candidates. So Mm -hmm. we were just talking about this first generational homeowners, Um, So that's going to be a requirement. I think they've reduced the income requirements slightly. It will also be a lottery is what I've been told. And only a percentage based on the number of residents in the county will be chosen. So. I've heard a number of about 26 candidates for Ventura County. I don't know how correct or accurate that information is, but that's just what I've been told. And I know Melissa, you just met with a state rep last week and had a, um, a seminar. So what can you tell us?
1: Well, at first, I want to say that on my YouTube channel, you can watch the seminar. I I fully recorded the seminar. My YouTube channel is under my VC agent. And, um, I look forward to seeing you there now in regards to the program, you know, California gave this program some thought because uh, last year was a big disappointment for a lot of people. You know, the funds were a massive amount of money that that depleted within just about a week or two. Um, And that was, you know, the question is how many people in our county received those funds, right? Because I don't even, I mean, I heard stories like people, having the money to put their, their down payment into escrow. And because this program is available and they qualified, even though they had the money, they were putting their, they were taking those funds and depleting those funds instead.
0: Yes. I also heard that people were canceling their contracts and their escrows when they were finally approved for that program. So they were already in escrow had canceled and then went back into escrow, even though they had those funds themselves to use the dream for all program instead.
1: Yep. And, you know, my dad always said a locked door only keeps an honest man out. (laughs) Um, so wise man. (laughs) And, you know, in, in applying that to, to this discussion, you know, um, uh, you know, in all fairness, this program wasn't designed for people that have the twenty percent down. You know, as much as the state of California wants to help everyone with their dream to have home ownership, um, there is a population of people in this state that not only have n- no funds and no ability to create generational wealth. Uh, but their ancestry has also had hardship doing that in this state as well because of the cost of living now taking people you know making them a priority is going to be a very you know interesting thing to see in this in this state because i'm sure people are going to make it about themselves and be disappointed about the fact that they won't qualify because their parents have home ownership um, in this, in not only in the state, but in this country. So let's talk about first generation a little bit. Uh, first generation is, is one spouse or or one person um, on the deed has to be first generation. So if you have a couple, uh, then one person can have parents in past relatives that have had home ownership, but one of those people cannot.
0: Yes. So here's something interesting that I learned. If I, this is an actual situation that I'm dealing with. Um, I had a client who was previously approved. They, um, wrote an offer and it was accepted on a Friday afternoon. And mm-hmm. because it wasn't processed on that Friday, when they went to process it on Monday, funds had depleted. So they lost out on that property. Well, his yeah, par- yeah his parents own a mobile home. So we had to figure out um, it, how is that going to affect his approval moving forward? Come to find out, you can own a mobile home as long as it is in a park where you do not own the land. And that will qualify you as a first-generational homeowner. Even though they own the mobile home, they do not own the land. So his parents own a mobile home inside of a mobile home park. They pay space rent. They don't own the land. So he's still able to qualify for the DREAM program.
1: Wow. And I yes. I do know, too, that if, you're, if your family members are, if you're first-generation American in the United States and your family owns property in other countries... Um, then you're still considered first-generation as well. That first-generation concept is only for first-generation American-owned properties. Yes. So, um, you know, we'll see what that program does. I mean, you know, the income limits are going to change, as you mentioned. So that's going to rule out some people. They're really focusing on a specific population of people for that program. And what the state representative clearly said was that majority of our you know, of our state is really going to be focused on other California programs uh, to help homebuyer assistance move forward. Like the, you know, down payment assistance program that gives you that 3% and then that second mortgage that will give you an additional 2% for closing costs, things like that yes. versus the 20%, you know, that's for a specific group of people. Now,
0: I'm glad that you brought that up. I think it is so wise Or even if you're able to be approved for the Dream for All program and you meet all of the criteria, look at all your other options. Mm -hmm. It may not be long term the best route to go, even though it is the largest down payment assistance program available. There are things that are drawbacks. So it's not all fabulous glitter and rainbows. There are things that you have to take into consideration, like the shared appreciation. Um, so really weighing your options and asking the questions, talking to the right people is going to really be the most beneficial thing to do in that process.
1: Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. I mean, you have, when you pay back the 20%, it's not just 20%, but there's, it's a portion of your appreciation as well. Yes, exactly. So that could really hit you in the pocketbook. Now, of course, if you don't have the 20% and that 20% is getting you home ownership, then anything that you walk away with is going to be a benefit. But, you know, if you do have ability to put something into the the, you know, into the pot and then you only need 3% really or 5% and you can afford the payment, you might want to go that route just so that you don't have to pay back any of your equity. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's, so there's, there's city
0: programs that are coming out. I know Camarillo is coming out with their down payment assistance program. Um, I think we're going to be seeing more of this come out with our issues on home affordability today.
1: Most definitely. Um, I think that most cities have to step up and offer some sort of assistance programs. I think in this the county of Ventura, Oxnard is the, the front runner for that. Yes. I think Oxnard has a really phenomenal program. I've watched people get qualified for as much as $50,000 yes. down with the city program in Oxnard. Um, and then there's other cities that have made some new projects recently uh, for their city program that are really, really nice. Like Camryo has those tri-level um, townhomes, yes, off of Pleasant Valley that are just gorgeous. So, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what these cities are going to do uh, moving forward for our uh, first-time home buyers. Likewise, it it really opens up
0: possibilities for people that may not have had that possibility previously. So, I'm very excited about it, and um, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm I'm truly excited to see. How things play out this year in our real estate market?
1: Yes, definitely. And I, you know, I want to just invite anybody that has any questions about first-time homebuyer programs, home ownership, to speak to Trista and I about it. Um, make comments, respond to our podcast with any inquiries that you have. We'd love to help you. Please do,
0: and you can find all of our information. On our our Instagram, on Facebook, you literally can search Melissa Hunter Realtor and she will come up, Tristan Newton Realtor, I will come up. You, we're everywhere. As a real estate agent, our information is everywhere. So however you feel comfortable reaching out, please do. We are here to help you. Not many people know what our job is as a realtor. We don't just open a door for you. We are here to guide you and educate you so you're able to make the best decisions for yourself.
1: Oh, it's definitely. So now that we we've cleared up some, some new, uh some new products that are coming out with the state of California and, and talked about some parameters there. Let's talk about something fun, Trista. What's what's going on with uh with some, some fun things that some we want to talk about. Things.
0: <laughs> where, where do you begin in the real estate industry with fun, right? It, there's so much that we can dive into. Let's let's talk about nosy neighbors
1: ooh nosy neighbors yes nosy
0: neighbors so it's one of my favorite things when you're holding an open house and somebody comes in and they say you know you greet them hi how's it going they're like oh I'm just a nosy neighbor um <laughs> it's one of my it's just so funny when they they have to identify themselves as the nosy neighbor we like really we don't care right like there's so much opportunity if another homeowner in the neighborhood comes in and wants to talk to us. So it's not like, oh, it's a nosy neighbor, but they just feel so obligated to tell that, oh, I'm just a nosy neighbor. Um, but it's funny. Is it not that people want to see what their
1: neighbor's houses look like? Oh, I've, you know what, in in the past, hold on one second, Tristan. let me see if this door is closed. Hold on one second. Sure. it's closed. Can Yay. you hear my, can you hear the background though? No, not at all. Oh, good. Okay.
0: Yeah. So
1: I had, you know, I had a listing, um, where the owner did not want to put a for sale sign on his house. Ah. And the reason is because of a neighbor that he had a feud with and the reason <sighs> that he was moving. He was afraid this neighbor was going to come into his house and he wasn't going to be home. And that was just, he was beside himself, completely beside himself about it. (laughs) So, you know, apparently um, neighbors have a big effect on, you know, sometimes when I look at people and they say, do you have to put a sign in front of my house? I'm like, yeah, why, why, why does it matter if we put a sign? Well, the neighbor's. I yeah. don't want the neighbors in my house. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I've had sellers
0: specifically say, "Do not allow my neighbors to come in." I do not want my neighbors inside. I mean, yes. I, we discussed it, and and he ended up agreeing to just be fine with it. But I was like, "Oh goodness, just let him come in," you know.
1: <laughs> I think my biggest turnout on neighbors was in Wainimi Bay, fifty five and older. Yes. Community. I was selling a the house of um the HOA like president, okay, and he was he was moving to Florida. Um, they had a really nice place, but sure enough, every time I opened that door for an open house, I probably had you know a, like probably ten neighbors yeah. coming into that house, sitting on couches, yes, drinking coffee. <laughs> just- congregating in his house like as if they belong there or something yeah he never saw anything like it
0: (laughs) I love YDB Bay that's
1: a great place yep they were very interested to know how he lived that's for sure so I just come on I
0: I had an open house where there was a little too nosy of a neighbor to the point that I got a little nervous on what was going on. So she spent so much time. This house had a lot of like um, knickknacks and tchotchke type stuff and photo frames all over the place and books. Um, And so she came to the open house and introduced herself as the nosy neighbor and said, do you mind if I take a look? I said, no, not at all. Come on in. And so I'm giving her an, an overview of the tour and I, we get back to the front of the property and she goes, can I go back and take a second look? I said, yeah, feel free. So I'm there paying attention, but not hovering like a hawk. And I'm just noticing she's spending so much time, like picking up each little thing, looking at it, turning it upside Hmm. down, putting it back on the shelf. And it was just odd. And then I noticed she's got this bag with her. Oh, no. And I'm thinking to myself, please don't be stealing people's things, please. So I'm just paying attention, trying not to make it awkward or obvious or, you know, anything along those lines, because, yeah, I didn't know if she was. I was just like, you know, oh, that's a little weird. So I was just watching her. Yeah, she just spent so much time in the house, like opening, taking books off the shelf, looking through the books, like like it was a, a secondhand store or something. It was the funniest thing. Uh, but I'll never forget that. It was just the oddest experience that, you know, to have somebody come in and thoroughly inspect every little personal item in that home.
1: And you know what? Don't get me wrong. I I encourage owners to have open houses because we do have to open up the property to the public. Yes. Um, I do feel for, for owners that have these type of neighbors where... They're just not your traditional keep to myself and, you know, knock on my door if you need a cup of sugar type neighbor. Yes. Um, But, you know, there, there's definitely been some experiences with neighbors that I've been really surprised about. And I don't think any open house that I've ever had has not had one or two neighbors come by. They always do. They always do. And they do it like quietly, too. Like, Almost, you know, like they don't want their people to know that they came by. They just want to, they want to peek in. They just want to peek in. Yes. Mm -hmm. And a
0: lot of people truly just want to see the space. Like, oh, I have the same floor plan. I'd love to see what they've done with it. Or I know they were doing a remodel. I'd love to see how it looks. Um, You know, so there's legitimate reasons that they want to come in without coming over and knocking on their neighbor's door and being like, hey, do you mind if I take a look at your house? Um, So, but
1: Yes. It is yes.
0: imperative to have the public come into your house when you're
1: selling it. Most definitely, I actually, um, I actually think that I've I've sold houses through the open house on many occasions, especially with this market where you know people have to drive at, from out of town. There's a lot of people coming in the area from other counties and buying property. Um, And the only time they have to look at property is during an open house where they have that window of time. So it's very important, but yes, our nosy neighbors are something to be, uh, to be watched for sure. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, uh, you know, that really concludes our show unless Trista, you have anything else to talk about. I don't think
0: so. I think that's good. I, I really wanted to just get on here and hang out. And, you know, chit chat, talk about some things, have some good laughs and get ready for our upcoming week. I'm sure you all are doing the same. Here's a, here's something we can talk about. Successful Sundays. Do you do something like this, Melissa?
1: What about successful Sundays?
0: So I I have time blocks on my calendar. So I'm very, um, everything is on my calendar and I have a two hour time block every Sunday from four to six. And I call it my successful Sundays. And so it's the time that I give myself to fully prepare for the week. I know what I need to do. I review my calendar. I make any lists that I need. I have everything prepped. If there's anything I can do in advance, like, oh, I know I need to send an email on Tuesday regarding a certain subject. I can schedule it to go out. So I use the time to just really prepare, um, write down my goals and affirmations for the week so i know exactly what i need to do without having to think about it
1: so i like that me. idea
0: i'm looking forward to my successful sundays i've missed my last couple sundays and i'm excited to feel good going into the week
1: yeah that's a really good idea i i know that in the past i've done something like that in the previous day so from 4 to 6 p.m. the previous day, I would set up all the people that I needed to connect with the following yes. day and my plan for the day and the showings and all of the things that I have. Um, and I think that Successful Sundays is something that I will definitely implement. I do have this thing called Thankful Thursday oh. that I do. And on Thankful Thursdays, I ha- I choose three people, companies, whoever to thank.
0: And Amazing.
1: That could be from phone calls, emails, personal cards, whichever way that I'd want to do it. But it just keeps me thankful every single week. And so my thankful Thursdays is something that I have traditionally done every week. I'm going to implement that. Yeah, it just that keeps is you- so sweet. And you you wouldn't believe how many people you realize that you have to think during the week when you start to realize, you know, to try to get the two, those three, three turns into five, then it turns into six and so on and so on.
0: That's really awesome. And what an excellent opportunity to be able to connect. I think that's Mm -hmm. what so many people are lacking is connection these days. So that's really cool. I like that idea.
1: Ah, most definitely. Well, I'm looking forward to another uh, time with you, Trista, talking about Likewise. real estate. I'm really interested to see how this um, generational program turns out for the state of California this year. It was a little bit of a the dream for all, only turned in for a dream for as many people as they could uh, <laughs> fit into one week. <laughs> dream for a few. <laughs> Be careful what you dream for. <laughs> man, one week. Wow. (laughs) That was kind of an epic fail. So we'll see how this turns out (laughs) and cross our fingers.
0: (laughs) Yes. We will see you next time. Like we said, follow us on social media, go watch that YouTube video to find out more about California Dream for All, and we will see you next time.
1: See you next time.